want to be famous. Yo, what's going on everybody, it's your boy DeVille D.I. from Thoughts by DeVille D.I. You're tuned in to the new episode of Growing Up DeVille D.I. Where I tell you my life and time story. This is my life and times like Sean Carter's. But DeVille Diaz, well, I'm just basically going through and explaining different life events and things that happen to me and stories that I find amusing or so on and so forth, you know, to kind of help us get a more better understanding of how I turned out to be this fantastic young man known as DeVille Diaz that you guys have come to know and love today. Now, before I get started, I want to give a shout out to the Elite Circle. Who is this asshole? Just riding up and down my street with this loud ass truck. Interrupting my broadcast. <sighs> I digress. Let me tell you about the Elite Circle. The Elite Circle is basically the Avengers of podcasters. You got your boy DeVille Di. That's me, of course. You got Mr. No Show. You got Guru the Lupus Warrior. You got Mr. Campbell from Cyber Shots. You got uh, 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 KMC. You got... Man, it's it's a whole bunch of us. Red Sable. And we're going to be dropping some elite episodes for your listening pleasure coming real soon. So go ahead and go over and search that hashtag Elite Circle on all social media platforms and all podcasting platforms. And be on the lookout for that new content. So let's move on. So, at this point in my life, Young D.I. was in Valdosta, Georgia. Valdosta, that is the proper enunciation, pronunciation for those of y'all who don't know, is Valdosta. The winning is high school in the nation, by the way. But at this point, I'm in elementary. I believe this is like fifth, it's like fourth, maybe fifth grade. I'm in Valdosta now. <clears throat> so, of course, young D.I. has to start going to school. First step in going to school figuring out how to get to school so my sister found out because she had been there the longest out of all of us all of us was new she found out where i needed to go to catch the bus to my new school now <clears throat> i will you know i come out of the apartments and i swing a left and i walk down a little bit and i see there's another complex beside the complex that we live in the apartments that we live in and i see there was a white kid, there was an Asian kid, and there was, there's the white kid, the guy, there was an Asian girl, I think that was it. Sounds like a joke, no, there was an Indian kid, sounds like the beginning of a joke. So a black guy, a white guy, Asian girl, and an Indian uh, guy walking to a bar, right? No, we are standing at a bus stop. So this immediately... Uh, unnerves me because now i'm worried that i may be the only black kid on this bus or in this school because growing up and living in north carolina north carolina was kind of mixed you know the the classrooms was kind of mixed 
when I got to Ohio, I was at some point like the only black kid in the class or the only black male. So there'll be me. And then, of course, there'll be a black female in the class. And of course, we're supposed to like each other because we're both black and everybody always tried to push us together. Yeah, one of those type of situations. And I was like, dang, am I getting ready to get into this again? And then especially now that I'm in the South, because at this point in life, I have been, I've ran into racism. I've discovered racism and what real racism is. If you haven't, go and check out the first time DeVille Diablo's called the N-word. Um, I can't, it's in last season's episode, but you know, search is a mug. So search it up and check that out. So at this point, I've experienced racism and I've heard about how bad Racism is supposed to be in the deep south, and you can't get too much deeper south than Valdosta, Georgia. But immediately, I hit it off with these kids. This one kid named Sam. Now, Sam claimed to be the grandson of the guy who um, started Walmart. And I'm not saying that he was, but he he claimed this. Like, this was his introduction. He told me about how he was the grandson of the guy who started Walmart. So we're kicking it at the bus stop. Everything's buddy, buddy. You know, they're asking me where I'm from because, of course, they've never seen me before. Bus pulls up. We gets on the bus. I take a seat with Sam. We ride and, uh, you know, get to the next bus stop. And I'm looking, you know, I'm watching these people getting on the bus. And then I'm like, okay, because everybody that at this bus stop was black. So I'm like, whew. Oh, man, I'm not going to be the only black kid in my class, more likely than not, because there's a lot of black kids just got on at this stop. So we start going again. The next stop, nothing but black kids get on. And the next stop, and the next stop, and the next stop. And this was real awkward to me. I've never been in this situation before. I get to school, get off the bus. I find out where I'm supposed to go. I go to my first class and realize that, Pretty much 90, probably 97% of my class was black. There was like, there was all of us and then a sprinkle, boom, 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 like salt in a pepper shaker, the white kids in the class. Now, this was a complete culture shock for me, even being a, a black male, because I had never been in this position where we were the, um, the majority in a classroom. And I was like, whoa. Then I started going through the day and realizing that I even had some black teachers. And I thought this was the coolest thing ever. But almost immediately, <clears throat> things started to take a change. They started to take a dive for the worse. See, these kids, and I mean this in the most, dis in the most respectful way possible. These kids were a little different than what I was used to. Because you see... This school in particular was on the south side of town, you know. It was no it was close to MLK, Martin Luther King Street, and we if if you know anything about way the way cities are set up, usually Martin Luther King Street is in the worst neighborhood in the city. I don't know why it's like that. But from city to city, MLK is usually a street that you don't want to be on unless you're from that area. This street, uh, school was down the street from MLK. It was also down the street from the projects. This was my first time I had ever heard of the projects. I knew nothing about the projects. So, yeah, this school is 
like literally not even a mile away from the project. So these kids were a little bit different than I was used to. Now there were the uh I quote unquote upper class or higher class kids that went to the school that was bused from wherever the hell they were bused from. And see the weird thing about it was that there was another school literally probably two miles from where I live. But because I lived on the other side of that street, the street that separated the uh, districts, I went to the school all the way on the south side of town versus going to this school. So these kids were a little rougher than I was a when I, than I was used to. They was a little bit more aggressive. So then they find out that I'm from North Carolina, and at first everything was cool, everything was all good. You know, I was making friends. I made one good friend in particular who just used to love to draw. I'm not going to mention anybody's name just because I don't know what they're out there doing or into, you know, nowadays. But I made a friend in class. Everything's going smoothly. But as the days go by, things start to change. Because after I met my new friend, I started to want to ride the bus with him see he rode the same bus i did he just got on at a different stop he got on on the first stop after i got on which was you know really around the corner from where i live so i started to want to go and be at the bus stop with my buddy so i started to walk instead of going to the bus stop closest to me i started to walk around a couple corner a couple blocks it may have been half a mile a mile at the most to this other bus stop and immediately i was hit with tension there was one kid in particular that took notice of this and he did not like it he used to talk all type of smack to me and tell me to go back and catch the bus with the white boy and ride with the white boy he took very i guess he took it hurt his heart i don't know what it was but i guess he felt like I was trying to fit in, you know, go back around there and hang with them. Don't try to come hang with us. And da, da, da. We never got physical or anything, but he used to bother me all the time. And my partner, he was like, look, man, you got to stand up to him. If you stand up to him, he ain't going to do nothing. But if you don't, he just going to keep bothering you. And now this kid, he was a church kid. He didn't bother nobody. Nobody bothered him. But I came to realize that that was because they knew that push come to shove, he would do some pushing and shoving. So <clears throat> I had to man up and, and you know, show this kid I wasn't afraid of him. So one day he comes. I'm on, I'm on the bus and he comes late. He comes running in late. He gets on the bus, and I'm like, okay, well, maybe he won't bother me today. <clears throat> and so my buddy, he's like, look, if he says something to you, say something back. You know, don't just sit, because I, like, sit there and stare out of the window and just ignore him while he talks smack. So we all know that a bully doesn't want to fight. A bully wants to bully. He wants to pick on somebody that's not going to fight back. So this day, finally, <clears throat> He gets on the bus and he's going and he's talking smack. Yeah, da, 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 da. I can't remember what he was saying. And he sits in the seat beside me and he's talking, he's talking, he's talking. So I turned around and I'm like, fuck you, motherfucker. And everybody on the bus, ooh, 
Because I have just been this nice kid since I got there that didn't bother nobody. And so it shocked everybody. It even shocked him. But now he's mad and he wants to fight. So he tells me when we get back get from school, when we catch the bus home from school, we're going to have to fight. And we're going to get into that in a little bit. But first, take a second. I'm going to tell you about my sponsors. I'm going to get right back to you. So now <clears throat> I have to walk around school all day with this on my mind that this kid is going to try to lump me up after school. And my buddy, he keeps telling me, you know, don't worry about it. He's not going to do anything, you know. No, And if he does, you know, it's not like anybody's going to jump you. You know, just fight him. If you win, you win. If you lose, you lose. He was a real positive type of dude. But I was terrified because this dude was big. This dude was big and he was loud. And, you know, as a little kid, things that are big and loud are terrifying to you. So I'm like, man. I'm going to get my butt kicked. And it was like some 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 school, like some TV type stuff. Because I'm walking through the halls. And other people know, you know, not just the people who were there on the bus. But other people have found out. Because, you know, all the grades, like in, in elementary school, at least in the elementary school I was in. You have like the fourth grade hallway, the fifth grade hallway, the sixth grade hallway. You know what I mean? So. Everybody on the on my hall was all in the same grade. So even if they weren't there, they knew about what had happened because, you know, we were all spread. I wasn't like my whole bus was in the same class. So people were talking about it. So I'd be walking down the hall and we'd be changing classes or whatever. And somebody come up to me and be like, mm, I heard you're going to fight so-and-so today. And da -da -da -da. But people kept telling me, don't be scared of him. What I came to realize later on in life is that this guy was like a nobody as far as like reputation wise in the neighborhood. He was a kid who got picked on, you know, because he was his family wasn't too well off and whatnot. So he got picked on. So there, therefore, he found me, the new guy that nobody knew and decided he was I was going to be his his victim because people were always picking on him. I didn't know this at the time. But I just knew this dude was big and scary. So we go through the whole day, um, go home. Now, on the whole ride home from school, he's over saying, and he's sitting in his seat saying little little stuff, and everybody's like, ooh, don't be scared now. What you going to do? 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 And I'm like, man, damn, I'm really going to have to fight this kid. So I did consider not getting off the bus at that stop. I was like, you know what? I don't have to get off the bus right there. I can ride the bus around the corner closer to my house and get off the bus there. So I'm like, you know what? That's what I'm going to do. I'm not even getting off the bus. I'm going to avoid the situation. You know what I mean? I'm just going to stay on the bus. What are you going to do? Beat me on the bus? So bus stops. <laughs> Door opens. <laughs> So everybody's getting off the bus. Everybody's amped up. He was sitting behind me because, you know, the bad kids always sat in the back of the bus. So when he gets up to my seat, he stops and he's like, get off. And I'm like, oh, snap. Because at this point, I'm being called out. And I'm a kid, but I've realized that if I do not get off this bus right here, I'm going to be labeled for the whole rest of the school year. As being afraid of this kid. And you know. I'm thinking more kids are going to bother me. 
or at least he's not going to stop. So I got to show them that I'm at least not afraid. So I'm like, you know, whatever. I get off the bus. He's walking behind me. I get off the bus. He get off the bus. He throws this little bag down. And I throw my book bag down. And everybody's like, oh, oh, he put his bag down. He's going to fight him. He's going to fight him. So dude just stood in front of me. Yo, what's up? And so do something. Hit me. What you going to do? I bet you won't hit me. You punk. You did it. And I just stood there and stared at him. Like in them, you know, back in the 80s, 90s, we had these Arnold Schwarzenegger movies, The Vessel Stallone, and you know how sometimes the tough guy just kind of stands there and stares at the guy who's doing all the flexing, you know what I mean? So I, 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 I decided this is going to be my approach. I'm just going to stand here and stare at him. So I just stood there and stared at him because I felt like I'm saying I ain't no punk. But at the same time, I don't really have to do anything. I'm standing my ground, but I'm not being the uh, an aggressor because I'm still trying to avoid getting in this fight if I can avoid getting in this fight. I just want to show everybody that I'm not afraid. So I stand there, and he does a whole bunch of talking, and then eventually he gets tired, and he picks his books up, and he was like, I thought so, and he walks off. So it ended in a stalemate. Cool. You know what I mean? I was, I was able to save face. You know, I, w- I didn't get punked out. So I walk home, and I'm feeling good about it. You know what I mean? I'm going through different scenarios in my head because you know you always tell yourself what you would have did if things had popped off. So I go home. And then I realize, okay, the next day, I'm going to have to go around there and ride that bus, go to that bus stop again. Because if I don't, I'm scared. So, because either way, we're going to end up on the bus together. So I get up, I get my little happy self up, and I walk right around that corner and go straight back to that bus stop. And they was like, oh, you came back today. We didn't think you was, I didn't think you was going to come today. I didn't think, I thought you was going to be scared. So see, I was right. If I didn't show up, they was going to label me as being afraid. And, you know, anytime you're labeled as being afraid, it just, it becomes, going to school can become torturous. Because now people that aren't even bullies will pick at you because they feel like you're, you know, you're afraid. So I stood my ground in two ways in that, that, uh, that week. And... He didn't even show, I don't think, he didn't show up to school that day, or at least he didn't ride the bus. So I didn't have any confrontation with that. So my first confrontation at the school went kind of smooth, but that wouldn't be the last one. I survived my first run-in with bullying at school, but it didn't last long. I'm going to tell you why. My sister went out and bought me a pair of shoes. Now, you remember back in the day, it was this particular pair of felines, low top felines, and they had a thick, thick sole. The sole was used; it was usually a white shoe with a black sole, and the sole would be real thick, or it'd be a black shoe. And either way, they had this real thick sole. Everybody had those. So, my sister bought me the knockoff version of those. From the base BX. I didn't think anything of it. I was like smooth. I'm about to sport these junk. So I get up. 
I get stupid clean for school and I throw in these shoes, jump on the bus. Nobody says anything about it. I go through the first day of school I wore them. Nobody said anything about it. So, boom. Next day, I go to school. And all of a sudden, we had we had bathroom break time. So, we're all in the bathroom. We're using the restroom. And somebody looks at my shoes and they're like, hey, what kind of shoes them is? And I was like, I don't know. And he was like, are those felines? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't think so. So pull your pants up. I pull my pants up and he looks at the shoe. And he busts out laughing. He's like, man, them ain't felines. You fooled me. I, 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 I thought those was felines this whole time. And he was like, but you sporting them, though. You know, he gave me some props with it. He was like, you sporting it, though. I ain't, I, ain't ever, I ain't even know. And so he just let it go. But then there was the second kid. The kid that was to become my arch nemesis for all of the rest of elementary school. He shows up. He's like, hey, look at his shoes. And he looks at him. He's like, man, I thought he done, he done fooled me. I thought those were felines this whole time. They not even felines. And he looks at him and he starts laughing real hard. And clowning me. So we come out of the restroom. Now he clowning me. He tells everybody. Because, you know, we had to stand in line. You had the boys' line and the girls' line to go into the restrooms. And then when you come out of the restrooms, everybody would form a line on the other side of the hall. So you have two lines on one side of the hall going into the restrooms. And then you have one line on the other side where everybody would come out and line up on the wall to go back to the class or the gym or the lunch or wherever we was going. So he tells everybody when we walk out to look at my shoes and I got on some fake felines and now people is laughing, people is clowning me. I'm feeling like dirt, man, because I was rocking them few. I had them fooled. Nobody was paying attention to my shoes until this one guy called it out because the guy who initially noticed it, whoever, well, at least who said something about it, he liked them. So he was just like, oh, they're, you know, they're fake, but whatever, they're not, you know, and, but the second guy, he took it upon himself to just make a spectacle, spectacle, uh, spectacle out of me about these damn shoes I had on. So he clowned me, and his little group of homeboys was clowning me, and everybody's laughing, but then the girls, see, I always had a way with the girls, because I'm a good looking dude. Girls would come up to me and be like, yeah, don't worry about what they're saying. You know, you, you got to wear whatever you wear. Duh, duh, duh. So I'm like, you know, I'm not worried about what he said. And I said something slick. I can't remember what I said, but I knew it was slick. And that ended up getting back to him. That's how the nemesis started between me and him. Because, of course, he heard what I said. So that's how our little... You know, things started because he came back to me. He's like, I heard what you said, you know, and yada, 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 yada. And he just, he just picked on me from that point on. He never really got physical with me or anything, but he, he, he picked up me every chance that he got. We ended up being friends later on in life as adults. And he, he didn't even remember that he used to pick. Matter of fact, we got cool in high school and he didn't even remember that he used to pick on me. But, Eloy. So I go home. 
And I'm I'm heated because I felt like my sister set me up. Because, see, I had never been really exposed to the whole getting picked at because what are you wearing type of situation. Because, you know, I've had, I had like, up to that point, I've had Nikes, you know, what was else was popular back then. British Knights, L.A. Gear, Jordans. I wore whatever shoes my um my mom bought me. But it never ran across my mind that certain shoes were supposed to be better than other shoes. You know, not at that point until I hit Valdosta, Georgia and went to school next to these PJs. That's when I, that was the first encounter where it was like, okay, your shoes are, are lame because they're genetic. Not genetic, generic. They're not, they're not a name brand shoe, a popular brand shoe, rather to say. So I went home. And I tell my big sister, why did you buy me these shoes? And she was like, I thought you like them. I was like, I do, but everybody's picking at me because they're not felines. And she was like, you know, I didn't even think about that. I just bought the shoe because I liked, I saw the shoe and I liked it. And it reminded her of the shoe that everybody was wearing. So she didn't think it was a big deal. But my sister being the sister she is, she was not having that so she went, took me out, and she bought me, I believe it was some Nikes or something like that. She took me out, and she bought me some popular brand shoes. And I think she bought me, like, some Bugle Boy outfits, too, and sent me to school fresher than a mug that next day, man. So nobody had nothing else to say about your boy, DeVille D.I., because my sister didn't play that. Not by little brother, not by little sister, not by mama, not by nobody. When she, You did not mess with the family. And she's still like that to this day. I love my big sister. But not to hold y'all too long, man. I won't keep y'all here all day. So I'm going to end this right here today, you know, episode two. And I hope that y'all come back and, you know, next week, I didn't do one last week because of the Super Bowl, but I hope y'all come back next week and we'll continue the story of DeVille D.I. school days. Thank y'all for tuning in. I love each and every last one of y'all. Go over to my Facebook, Thoughts by DeVille D.I. Follow and like that page. Leave comments. Leave reviews. Look me up if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. You know, subscribe, leave a view. Find me on social media, D-V-I-L-L-E underscore D-I on Instagram, at DeVille on Twitter. Follow me. I'll follow back, man. Y'all have a great day. Enjoy the rest of y'all day. I'm out of here. Peace.